Hello, Alexandria. How are you? Alexandra, I'm sorry. Hello, Alexandra. How are you? I'm very well. You know, I lived in Maryland for a little while, and people from the south near Virginia, they say Alexandria, but everywhere else it's Alexandra. I know how you feel because I say my name is Flavor, and they're like, oh, Flavor, got it. I'm like, what? Name. My last name is Obasi Ek. Ek, yes. Okay, good. Well, I am honored to be here with you. Thank you so much for being here. I'm so excited because you know, connecting on Clubhouse is one of those things I don't take for granted. And whether on stage or off stage, there is something that really resonates, and that's where the connection is built. And I'm glad we're able to be here today to talk about things that really need thought processing because a lot of people don't really think through those things and they don't want to change because of stagnancy so I'm, I'm happy that you're here today yes i'm really glad too and i love that we're having this conversation in the context of all of the other topics you do because it affects people who do email marketing and pinterest and all of the things at home what's happening is really influencing how we feel about our businesses as well exactly and if you're happy at home you're going to be happy at work (laughs) that's right (laughs) exactly it would be great for us to know more about you just give us a little introduction about what you do and then we can jump right into it because i'm I'm excited to see how we can blend this all in for our audience today okay wonderful well I am a family doctor. I switched in 2005 away from practicing medicine into some adventures and ultimately into relationship coaching. And so now I work with individuals and couples and I specialize in showing couples how to have beautiful, passionate, long-lasting, dynamic, gratifying relationships, which I think is an incredibly needed skill and most people don't have it because the two ways that we learn it are through imitation when our parents or caregivers model it which is not something available to almost everybody and the other way we learn it is through education and so I'm devoted to providing that education because it is absolutely a learnable skill if someone bothers to learn it exactly I don't mean bothers to learn it that was too casual what I mean is if someone prioritizes it and brings the same fervor and understanding that there's growth in business when you bring that to your relationship amazing things can happen yeah i like the word that you use bother because to me the relative word to that would be friction because now it is some resistance and sometimes people don't want to adjust or communicate or openly express themselves because they're not sure oh she's not gonna like that oh he's not gonna like that Oh, I might get, you know, it's all this imposter syndromes pretty much. So I believe that when we start building those connections, it starts to make sense. And then you can start to build those relationships that actually make you happy. Yes. And it's interesting that you say that because I'm actually extremely sympathetic to people who have resistance and don't bring things up in their relationships and end up just things become more disconnected because it takes a lot of courage and it's very hard to go for something when you don't really have the tools. And so I think actually the first thing to focus on is developing tools, making it a practice, making new habits 
and then the happiness follows. If you're just going straight for happiness, it's kind of hard to know where to point yourself. Exactly. Exactly. That really resonates with a lot of people. I'm very sure of that because it now makes it your responsibility to actually now decide, do I want to have kids, happy kids, a happy home? You know, can I go to work, come back? Can I be able to still take care of my family? Like, these are all the things that we want to have because at the end of the day, we all want to sleep well at night. We want to sleep peacefully, wake up and, you know, kiss our loved ones and really just stay connected to what we really are here for. So when we start thinking about those little things, it changes our dynamics. And sometimes we think, oh, we're going to add this to our plate and then it adds more stress to our workflow. But people don't realize that you can really divide time, but people don't know how to manage that either. Yes, you know, one of the places that I first learned this was when I was a medical student. I was basically shadowing this wonderful family doctor. And I remember we came out of one of the... Can we just stop the recording for one second? Sure. Recording stopped. I... I keep getting these notifications and I realize it's because it's not my computer and I'd really love to turn them off because you must hear them too, right? No, no, I'm good. I don't hear anything. Oh, well, if you don't hear them, it doesn't distract me. I just didn't want to ruin the recording. Well, then oh. let's just continue <laughs> and I won't figure out how to turn them off. I'm sorry about that. No problem. No problem. Recording in progress. So, when I... I first learned this as a medical student when I was shadowing this amazing attending and I remember that we came out of a patient's room and it was a patient who had diabetes and was overweight and really didn't have a ton of symptoms but was headed in that direction and so this doctor was telling her you really need to exercise and she was saying I don't have any time. My day is so busy, I'm taking care of my children, I'm working hard, like I can't add in half an hour of exercise. And when we came out of the room, the doctor turned to me and said, it's just so frustrating because if she would make half an hour for exercise, she would actually have more energy, feel healthier, and be able to accomplish a lot more in the course of her day. And I feel like working on relationships is actually very similar. When we put in effort, attention, intention, it's not necessarily a lot of time unless there's real challenges in the relationship, but when we just make it part of our daily practice, the same way we eat and brush our teeth, that we put some attention into tending our relationship, we have so much more power, creativity, inner peace, happiness, an ability to succeed, more courage to take risks in business, because at home, we're feeling satisfied. We're feeling seen, heard, and supported. It is the secret sauce to an incredible life. Yeah, I think so. And speaking of secret sauce, let's dive a little deeper because I'm sure people are like, huh, what are we going into? <laughs> when you think about intimacy, marriage, relationships, you know, like sensual, you know, connections, there are things that I've seen and there are some things that people probably don't know, but at the same time, they probably know it, but they don't know how to think through it because they've not experienced it. So when it comes to like things with luxury love and intimacy mentoring and hot marriage, we're going to start with those first two before we go a little further, because I really want people to know how they can apply this to their daily lives when they already know that they have someone in front of them that they can do something about with. 
So with with the first one, with luxury love, how do you see this? I have a thought process, but I don't know what you're thinking. <laughs> okay, I'll start, but I'm curious what you say too, because this is something that the more people participating in the conversation, the more we all benefit. But I'll just say that in so many areas of life, we know what luxury looks like. We know what luxury looks like when it comes to picking a car when it comes to picking a handbag, when it comes to picking a home. These are things that maybe not everyone aspires to, but we can imagine that it's top of the line. And that is also true when it comes to different areas of business. We have various, we have things we monitor to know how our progress is doing. When it comes to relationships, most people tend to be very immature in their imagination and thinking and immature i don't mean it as a judgment i just mean it as a neutral description that we know a lot more about different kinds of cars we can look at a car and think oh that is an old worthless jalopy or that is an incredible antique or oh i mean i personally don't know cars but my nine-year-old he knows what a Maserati is and he knows it's very special because he's only seen three on the highway in his lifetime. Like there's a way that we know what beauty and value look like. And I'm using a car because I think that that is um, generally understandable, but any aspect of life when it comes to skill playing basketball or um, the success of an email marketing campaign or whatever it is. And when it comes to relationships, our thinking and our attitudes are generally very immature. Like we know the image of Disney. We know unhappiness and then we know happily ever after. That is such a narrow range. So when I'm talking about luxury love, I'm really talking about what is a really magnificent relationship. So that's going to be individual for each person and each couple but for me it's the kind of relationship where i know no matter what even when he disagrees my husband has my back that if i'm going to navigate some challenge in my business or out in the world i know when i come home it's going to be an emotional oasis i know that my husband has the self-respect to want to be enjoying our intimacy and he has the devotion to make sure I am also. A luxury love is where we're each willing to take risks on behalf of the other person. Like if there's something that he wants that I'm kind of like, I'm not sure, maybe I don't want it. I have the capacity to fully get behind him and support him because I know it's going to make a richer experience for both of us. Luxury love, it's easiest to describe it in emotional terms, but the carryover in sensuality, in financial success, in confidence in business is tremendous. Mm. So that's my starting place. Mm. And I think a lot of what I mean comes in my voice as much as in my words. Yeah, I definitely see that. And it presents itself clean, clear, and crisp because that's really what you want people to see. And I love the fact that the feedback is 100% genuine. And that's what builds those relationships. Because when you mentioned that, 
it really made me think what I was thinking too because I was like luxury love you know I was now thinking okay traveling with your partner going on trips that you know it's just the both of you experiencing places food like taking pictures memories because those are things that are priceless to us you know with our families and when you now think about kids and after kids people think oh now the kids are gone now what do we do now the house is boring it's quiet and you're like what happened we were here before they were here so so how how do they play into that role of you know playing that role even in role play you know if i'm if i'm being specific to how intimacy goes within relationships yeah it's a beautiful question and i want to respond to what you said and then answer the question because i think all of those things that we picture like a beautiful weekend away or a wonderful vacation or adventures or lingerie like all of those things are fantastic i'll never say otherwise but they are not the things that actually create an incredible wonderful relationship in the day to day what does is the exact thing i'm same thing i'm going to answer to your question about how does a couple reconnect after all of the chaos and intensity and joy of raising children and the first thing is that a lot of people believe it's important to prioritize the children and while of course it's important to prioritize the children i don't think that children should be more important than the relationship it's not healthy for the children because one of the best things we can do for our children is have an incredibly fantastic gratifying relationship it's one of the biggest gifts we can give so it's both for the children and for us that we want to keep our relationship really a high priority and i think many people tend to compartmentalize it's like now i'm doing work now i'm parenting now i'm cleaning the house and now i'm focused on my marriage i don't think that that works i think that if we compartmentalize our relationship it always is intended enough because it doesn't become urgent until it's really bad and all the other things will call for our attention. Our business will be like, hey, I need some attention. And our kids, they are expert. Hey, I need some attention. And the messy house, it, it talks to us. Right. But time with our beloved, that doesn't call to us until there's really sadness, disconnection. It's easy to always postpone that. So the first thing is to prioritize it. and. There's this incredible statistic that the average couple spends less than four minutes a day discussing anything other than children and logistics, and I'm sure pets as well. Wow. And so, yeah, right, less than four minutes a day. And if you're an entrepreneur listening, think of how much your mind is filled with things about your business, and less than four minutes a day on anything that isn't related to children and practicality. So. The first thing that I recommend, there's no point at which this isn't relevant. So whether you don't have children yet, whether you're pregnant, whether you have young children, children in middle school, children out of the house, whatever, at all stages, it's really important to just connect. And my husband and I, 9 p.m., we will find one another in the house and if everything is basically fine and 
one or both of us has a bunch of projects, we might just connect for two minutes. It's like, hi, sweetheart, how are you doing? Good, how are you? I'm really busy and I need to get back to things. No problem. Other times at nine o'clock, we might hang out and chat for half an hour and transition into the bedroom together or we might make a plan for our future or whatever it is but there's something in the consistency for us it's every day when i'm coaching couples sometimes they aren't in a position to do that because of what bedtimes are or someone works at night whatever it is maybe it's once a week maybe it's every monday wednesday friday at whatever time they pick but when it's consistent, then it has, it's like more than any individual time of connection. It means that no matter what I'm doing, no matter what's happening in the day, I know that in less than 24 hours, I'm gonna have some time with my husband. And initially when we started, we'd have like an hour but we're really good at dropping right into connection, feeling this isn't just the provider, the father of my children, but this is this handsome man that I love. And I drop into being a woman. And when we're both in that space, it can be very efficient or longer. It just depends who needs what in the rest of the evening. I like how you said that because one thing that struck my attention is when you said that, you know, when you start building those connections and those four minutes, those four minutes, if you're arguing for four minutes and I, and I heard this <laughs> four minutes is a long time to argue. And I, I, it's crazy when you think about what it does to you before and after, but there's a way you can solve problems without being attacking. You can have constructive arguments. You can have you know, debatable arguments, but they don't have to be opposing or, or, you know, conniving. It doesn't have to be something that really like impedes your processing or makes you think, wow, you really think that, you know, it's going to start changing someone's approach. And I, I heard this on a TEDx talk and I was like, this is something I really want to know if it's true because I'm not, <laughs> it's, it's amazing. And she saved it for the last part of her keynote. And she was like, if you're in a relationship, if you're in a marriage, try and have an argument with no clothes on and see what happens if you can be able to resolve that problem. And I was like, that no one thinks like that. So how did she think like that? What happens when someone does that? So it's crazy when people think that way. And now, you know, when you think about hot marriages and intimacy, jacuzzis and all this great stuff that you can do working out, how does this play a role so that it can stay hot? Yeah, okay, that's wonderful. And, you know, doing it, having an argument without clothes on, it's not about the clothes being on or off. It's about having an argument while feeling sensual and erotic. Mm. If taking your clothes off has you feel turned on and sensual, great. There are many people who can take their clothes off and feel like they have armor on. So it's less about the physical attire and much more about how open and available a person is in their heart and in their body. Because there's just no way to have a vicious argument 
while feeling super sexy. It just, it's like there's not room for both. Right. And so I think the point of that talk, I, I haven't heard it, but I'm inferring my interpretation is that if you get into erotic energy, a lot of what you were arguing about just is suddenly unimportant. And I think that's a very advanced play. Like, I certainly have done that. And when I've coached a client for a while, I, I will specifically encourage a woman to do this. Honestly, in a heteronormative relationship, if a man goes sexy in the middle of an argument, that can be offensive. I mean, depending on how she receives it, it right. can feel it, it can feel disrespectful in a way that doesn't serve the marriage. But if she gets a little sexy, then that could be more of an invitation that he can then say yes to mm. in one way or another. However, the that really is an extremely advanced play. What I was going to say is I've recommended this to couples that I've worked with who have done a lot of healing in their relationship and are ready for that. But it's kind of at the level of Olympic relationships. So I want to, so go for it. If you're listening and that's you and you're in an Olympic level relationship, that's the next step for sure. Bring on the sexy when you're feeling conflict and you want to transform it. But for someone who's not in that space, which is going to be the majority of people, I have a much simpler shift to make. And that is to become curious, to shift out of whatever it is that you feel strongly about and certain and you want it to be this way and it's so frustrating, whatever the conflict is, to take a breath and ask a question, not like a kind of question like, don't you think that I'm right or some version of that? <laughs> I mean, a real question to understand the other person's point of view, like, well, why are you thinking about it like that? Can you explain your perspective? And notice that I'm slowing my voice down. Otherwise it doesn't really, if I just say, well, why are you thinking about it like that? That doesn't feel like a question. That feels like a judgment with a question mark at the end. Right. To have it really be a question, it's actually, I know you asked about hotness and intimacy and marriage, and you might think I'm not answering it, but I really am. Because when people are curious, then they're actually interested in one another. And with the interest in one another, all kinds of other energies can flow. And I want to add one more thing, which is that when you think of the feeling of being in love at the beginning of a relationship, when oh, it's just so exciting and none of the challenges we're talking about are relevant, not yet anyway. Part of the quality of feeling in love is being really curious about your partner. What is his favorite vegetable? What's her favorite movie? Where did she learn to sing? What kind of daydreams did he have when he was in second grade? Like. What about the future? What did you think you were going to be when you grow up? And what are your dreams? Where do you want to live? Do you like the mountains or the ocean better? Like, we're just filled with questions. That is part of the feeling of being in love. And 
as humans, we don't have a switch that we can flip to feel all in love again. Right. But we do have the capacity to shift our attention and be curious about our partner. And so that may sound a little flat, but being curious is one of the absolutely essential ingredients to creating passion in a marriage. I believe so too. And because you mentioned that, it, it really, you landed the plane so well because it really made them critically think about their state of mind because we can't really answer their question when they're not 100% confident in themselves. So it's like a dichotomy effect when you think about it. So from what I'm seeing when it comes to intimacy, there's some couples, and you read in the comments, it's on YouTube, it's on Pinterest, it's on TikTok. You just hear like people say, no, my husband, he doesn't, like foreplay he does i've never orgasmed i someone will say i've never uh, i've never really felt out of the bedroom is so vanilla like you hear all these things and like is this what's really good because everyone is happy on instagram everybody is yay selfie <laughs> yay you make a very good point <laughs> i think those comments are true and what's on instagram is not if it's either or okay Okay, what are your thoughts on that? Because it's a, it's, a, it's a really good sample to like really analyze and see what's really going on out there. Okay, what I think is really going on out there, I think about it a little bit differently with men and with women, but everyone is taught not to honor their desires. Or let me say that boys Typically, I know I'm generalizing, but boys typically are, by the age of uh, five, are basically taught not to really feel much. They're allowed to feel anger, but other feelings are not generally welcome. And of course, every family is unique, cultures vary, but that's generally the case. And so the one emotion he has access to and permission to feel and feel like a man is anger. That is really not enough to create the emotional connection which is necessary for sensual intimacy in a long-term relationship. For girls, typically earlier, but certainly by the age of 10, most girls are taught to just dial down their desires, their preferences, go with what other people are wanting for them. I remember myself, I was 12 years old and I was in a situation where someone was asking me what kind of sandwich I wanted and the main thing I could say is whatever's easiest for you. And she kept saying, no, I want to know which one you want. But I had to dig deep to know which kind I wanted and because the feeling that was much stronger was whatever's easiest, whatever's going to be okay for you. So the point is that most women, while they may be very ambitious in business or not, they lose touch with what they desire. And a desire is so different from a goal. A desire doesn't have a good reason. It might not be a means to an end of something else. And we don't choose what we desire. It just 
it's how it happens like it's, it's not a logical thing so i think one of the most important things getting back to the pinterest and youtube comments about a lack of foreplay a lack of orgasm a lack of satisfaction in all kinds of intimacy in marriage and long-term relationship we are disconnected from our desires and need to reconnect need to learn what we want and how to ask for it so it feels really good to give it to us because there's some people who get to the point where they know what they want but by the time they say it it is so mean and judgmental and accusatory like you should have read my mind and known what i wanted that does not inspire someone to then give it we need to say if there's not enough foreplay happening this is my recommendation you say to your partner as long as it's true if it's not true don't say it i love you so much i love our life together i love some of the times we've had in bed if that's also true and i think we could actually improve and have more happiness together are you interested in exploring that in other words start by saying what you do love what is working and then say there's an area that i think we could improve like should we do you want to collaborate do you want to be on the same team and figure this out together for both of our benefits that's a totally different conversation than blaming someone for being an inadequate lover if you have an inadequate lover and you're listening it's your job to figure out what you would enjoy and communicate it in a way that your partner can hear it without feeling judged mm. what are your thoughts about that now you know i love how you've gone into that it's gone into a completely different dynamic flow it's not just focusing on the how or the what you've literally taken it into the why into the when and you've really told how it's supposed to be every single time it happens because now you're taking away the scheduling and the thinking and the processing because when you think oh i have to do this by 5 p.m i have to do this by 9 p.m or 11 59 okay you know everybody's on this rush and we forget that we just need five minutes, you know, for some downtime, <laughs> you know, it's, it's, it's amazing how people see this, but I think also being spontaneous is something I believe should help, but some people just don't like being spontaneous. They like everything on the clock, on the dot, by the letter, by the code. And it's, it's amazing how we are different, but I also think with la love languages as well, it changes but people don't really get there until it's kind of too late or maybe they just have to figure it out at that point. Yeah, what do you mean that it's too late that they explore the love languages? Not really too late that they exploded, but too late that they couldn't figure it out in the beginning because they were trying so hard to do things to impress rather than to actually listen. Yes, well, it is never too early and it is also never too late to learn to listen with more openness, with more kindness. And what I really think is the key is that we treat our relationships as the opportunity 
for personal growth. So on my podcast, I do some solo episodes and otherwise I interview couples about their relationship. And one of the questions that I always ask in every episode is because I think that um, relationships are the most amazing vehicle for personal growth, I ask one person, what have you learned about yourself as a result of being in this relationship? And then I ask the other person, what have you learned about yourself as a result of being in this relationship? And it's always a question that people haven't been asked before because in general, we focus on ourselves individually and in a relationship, we think about how our partner can improve or has improved. And I think the real key to everything we've been talking about is to look at where can the individual grow, expand, become more curious, drop the armor, tap into the sexy, consider another point of view. And when you do that with a care and a slowness in your voice so it can really be felt not so it feels like a to-do list then your partner responds in ways that are invariably surprising Mm. i think so too and that alone time and listening like you said changes because you'll get to know that she likes a bubble bath she likes her toes done she likes her hair you know those little things make her now feel like you're actually paying attention because when you pay attention to those little things and she doesn't have to say it, she just has to look at you. Those are the things that change how she approaches you and respects you too, because not everyone picks up on those things really quickly. Yes, I think attention is the most valuable currency. And the more specific your observations, the more she feels seen and loved and cherished. Specificity is really an underrated value but it is so important like if you say to are you married yeah, i'm actually getting married this year oh really yeah oh, i love that we're having this conversation <laughs> now oh i feel that's wonderful well i i totally honor you for your interest at this point so um if you say to your woman you're so beautiful that feels great I will never knock it. That's fantastic. But if you say, I love the way your hair falls on your neck and the way your lips curve up when you smile, that is immediately so much more intimate, so much more connected. It is, um, well, the f- saying you're beautiful, that feels good. But hearing that specificity, that is the magic. (laughs) Yeah, I see that happening because when you start and then when the response comes back, you don't even know how it's going to come in 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 fold because it could be in different ways, surprise. It could be something that can really like show that there's that reciprocity and it really makes you connected and that's why it's a timely conversation because even as much as yeah we're focused on business we're focused on life 
we still need each other to make sure that this life that we need each other for needs that support system and building because like you said financially if we're not thriving there then we can't go and travel because now we got to pay this thing and we now get stressed and then we get overwhelmed and then we get burnt out and then it, it becomes a cycle that becomes very redundant and then at some point you don't want to come out of that rabbit hole so that's why I'm, I'm really excited for people who are in this space because this year and last year people have been like dating people have been going out so how do you meet people how do you really authenticate their relationship how do you say yeah i trust you like it's so hard now because of that disconnect but if you really find it within i'm sure you can do that especially look at clubhouse look at us we just connected from nowhere <laughs> <laughs> so. that's right i don't even I don't know where you live, I don't know about you, and yet we can have this amazing conversation, and I'm so grateful you've invited me for it. Yeah, so obviously the pandemic has been challenging for relationships, for all kinds of relationships and all forms of romantic relationships, like that's understood. But when it comes to dating, there's actually been something that has become available for those who have good enough mood and motivation. And that is that there's more conversation, there's more getting to know one another with the pandemic first because it was only possible to connect virtually and now because people are more hesitant before hanging out or touching one another, that it means that people get to know one another in a way that wasn't necessarily happening before dating. And I think that, uh, <coughs> excuse me, I don't think that's required, but I think it enhances what happens. Okay. And so the relationships which do form are more meaningful and they're more based on who the people really are. There are fewer wake up and be surprised who's next to you moments. Right. <laughs> you know we've all had one of those <laughs> oh my goodness don't take me there <laughs> yeah but the thing is that the pandemic required couples to have conversations and talk through things in advance I think you know I'm sure many will go back to that behavior and you know again it's a phase and I'm not knocking it but it isn't helpful for building intimacy right emotional or otherwise and needing to have more meaningful conversations needing to figure out how to sustain a conversation is something that the pandemic has required for anyone who wants to date meaningfully and it you know i gave you that statistic about um less than four minutes the other one that I'll say, it's not a statistic, it's an observation, that many couples are much more comfortable having sex than they are talking about it. And there's something for people who are dating in this time where there's more conversation about how things are going to work in advance. And I think that's an important skill to develop. There's very clear data that couples, I'm not talking about early in dating necessarily, but um, long-lasting marriages, they 
couples who talk about sex have better sex. Mm. There's more ease, there's more give and take, there's more curiosity, and there's going to be more adjustments as a result of those conversations and more pleasure. I think so too. And that's when you start to really open up and enjoy because it's that close upness, those those things that make you feel like I don't think I'm ready to do that right now. But when you start opening up to do some things, you're like, Wow, I didn't know I had this in me. You know, it's it starts to change and some people say you gotta test the waters until you get you know, people have all this mindset theories, but I've realized that it's really what you want for yourself and how you want yourself to experience that longevity as a person first and also as a, as a family man or as a family woman or as a leader in your society or as a voice to your, you know, your loved ones, to people who actually listen to you, it changes. And I think when you see those relationships that are happy, you can only imagine the happiness that happens behind the camera. So it's it's amazing to see the dynamics, and I love how you put that together. Yeah, thank you. I think it's really very exciting, and for someone at your phase, the way I like to think about it is you're creating the culture of your marriage now, and so the two of you can just both discuss, and also some things don't need to be discussed. They could just be negotiated without words, but... Right you can establish how you want to be communicating about all kinds of different things and which things you decide together and um, I, I want to make sure to add one thing that if you're listening and you're going to bring up sex for the first time or it's been a while or you're going to bring it up in a different way don't do it while you're having sex. Do it, and don't do it immediately afterwards, you know? Do it the next day and say, how was that for you? Or, it seemed like you enjoyed yourself and then something shifted and it didn't seem as much fun to you. Or whatever it is that you wanna say, don't do it during, because if you do it during, feelings are far more likely to be hurt. And if you have that conversation the next day or in advance then it can feel much more collaborative and the intentions of making it good for both of you are much easier to access yeah that's a gem that's a drop gem right there that's a mic drop (laughs) for sure Yeah, thank you so much for letting us know and telling them too because it's not just about me. I'm also thinking, how can this help them? Because this podcast has grown into a completely different monster and I'm so happy that people can sit back and actually think about everything and still come back to that one message, that one vision and you just cleaned it up in one sentence. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I love that and... I'm all about play. Okay. (laughs) I love that play word right there. That word play was very, very smart. (laughs) This is amazing. Is there one thing you can tell the couples who are thinking about this? Because think about it. Like you said, weddings, first night, you know, honeymoon. Like people don't know. There's no manual. Kids, like 
who's got to take care of this person who's going to pay this bill like everybody's literally running first face first into like things they don't know so when they focus on that central sensual sexual mental you know processing how can they stay there well the thing i'm going to answer especially in the context of this podcast it's true in business and it's also true in relationships it's true in every area of life and that is it is super important that's funny that i'm saying that it it's it's essential that you distinguish between what is urgent and what is important because urgent things will always get your attention it's the fire that needs to be put out it's the project that needs to get done it's this that and the other thing and if you're not deliberate in how you set up your days the urgent things will overtake the important things important things like taking time to connect with your partner important things like being curious important things like just holding hands and hearing what's in her heart like these are very important things which will never come claim your attention the way urgent matters do and so i guess what i would say is keep straight the important things and there will be many fewer urgent ones mm. I love that. Wow. This is amazing. Thank you so much, Alexandra, for giving us your knowledge, your wisdom, your time to be here and just let people know that it's still possible. It's never too late to make that change. Oh, no, never too late. I've been married for 25 years and it hasn't always been amazing, but I I got myself the education and here I am. And I have clients who've been married for 50 years one for 53 and the stories they tell they support my belief that what is needed is education and making it important amazing thank you so much this is enlightening for everyone including me you know i'm listening even though i'm on the podcast i'm also taking those mental notes because it helps and this is why we're doing this to make a practical effort you know to see and how that can help us for better relationships and also better connections in the future if there's any way they can reach out to you what are the possible options they have the best way is to go to my website alexandrastockwell.com that's where everything i offer can be found and i'm also certainly available on clubhouse instagram it's alexandra.stockwell.intimacy Facebook. I have a Facebook group, The Intimate Marriage. Anyone is welcome to join. But if you go to my website, that's a good place to start. Amazing. Wow. Definitely we'll have you back again. And for sure, we're going to have some behind the scenes so that people can be able to get in contact and ask questions. And very soon, it will be great to see how people dynamically take those effects. So thank you so much once again. Oh, thank you. And I want to congratulate you on where you are in your relationship. I look forward to all the beauty that comes after the wedding. Thank you. Thank you so much. I really appreciate it. Have yourself a wonderful day and stay safe out there. Thank you. You too.